Welcome to another inspirational message from Bridge Church Melbourne. Wow, I tell you what, when you have an introduction like that, you better preach good, hey? You doing good this morning? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. You doing good this morning? I knew that I was coming to the Wild Wild West today and I'm like, all right, what can I wear for the Wild Wild West? I got the best boots on that I could possibly find. I didn't have any chaps, but I had sort of leatherish pants, Dave. So, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, we were in Fort Worth, Texas. And if you're talking Wild Wild West, that is the Wild West, right? That's the Longhorn cattle. That is just like another whole level. And uh, yeah, what a blessing to be there. But it's always a blessing to come home. Have you noticed? Good to be here. Good to be in the house of God. Who's ready for God to move this morning? Come on. You're ready to receive from God. Anybody like to leave here in a better way than you came in this morning? Come on, you're honest. Well, God is here. His presence is in this place. We've already been lifting up His name, the start of a new week. So here's what I want to do. Before we come to the Word of God, we're going to declare some things out of our mouth. Just get our spirit ready to receive this morning. I'm going to ask with every bit of faith in you for you to repeat these words after me. Say, there is no problem He cannot solve. There is no disease. He cannot heal. There is no bondage. He cannot break. There is nothing, nothing, nothing too hard for my God. If you believe that, give Him a clap of praise. Just high five the person next to you and grab your seat. That'd be good. Hey, would you thank Jade and the team for leading us this morning? You guys are awesome. You're a blessing to us. If you've got a Bible, you might turn with me to Psalm 34. We're going to begin there this morning. I think the guys will put some verses on the screen, but I don't know what kind of a week you've had. I don't know what's going on for you right now. I don't know how the bank balance is looking, but I do know what your response ought to be. It's right here in Psalm 34 and verse 1. Have a look at it with me. It says, Psalm 34 verse 1, I will bless the Lord. Amen? I will. I will bless the Lord. That's a choice, right? I mean, I could be concerned about what's going on in my life right now. I could be worried about the kids. I could be focusing in on the wrong thing. But instead, the psalmist says, regardless of what it looks like, what it feels like, whatever is going on in my life right now, I will bless the Lord. I will. And when is it that we're supposed to do that? When everything is looking good and the bank balance is looking fantastic and the kids are all healthy and the relationship's good? No, 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 no. That's not what it says. It says, I will bless the Lord when? At all times, at all times. Well, you know, Pastor Andrew, I'm not a very expressive person. I like to praise God in my heart. You know, it might look like I'm miserable this morning, but really I'm praising God. Well, sorry, that's not what it says there. That's not what it says, right? It says, His praise shall continually be, where? In my mouth, coming out of my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Friends, you know that in the book of Psalms, That word praise is most often that the literal meaning of that word in the Hebrew means to boast. That's what praise actually means. That's what we were doing this morning as Jade and the team were leading us. We were making our boast in the Lord. We were boasting, bragging about how good God is. How many of you could say this morning, Andrew, if it wasn't for God, 
If it wasn't for God stepping into my life, if it wasn't for His healing touch in my life, if it wasn't for His breakthrough, if it wasn't for His power in my life, man, I don't know where I'd be this morning. Anybody agree with me on that? Amen, amen. Friend, I tell you, you want to be the biggest bragger in the world when it comes to the things of God. It's not about making us look good. It's about pointing to the one who's done everything for us. Amen. And so that's what the psalmist says. And he says, the humble shall hear of it. Shall hear what? Well, shall hear you boasting, bragging on the Lord, right? That's what they're going to hear. And what will happen as a result? And they will be glad. Then he says, I'll magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Friend, I want to tell you this morning, when things are looking bad, in your life, when things are not going so well, when you don't know what to do, please, on a Sunday morning, don't stay home and be miserable. Look at this. Don't stay home feeling sorry for yourself. You get in the house of God. You position yourself with other believers and together let's give Him our praise. Amen? That's what we're called to do. Now look with me here at verse 4. This is what we're going to focus on this morning. David says... I sought the Lord, and what did He do? The Bible says that He heard me. I want to ask you a question this morning. Does God still hear people today? God still hear people? Yeah, He does. David says He heard me, and then what did He do? It says, and He delivered me from all my fears. What did God do, friends? He delivered me, David said, from all my fears. Fears. Now, if you've been delivered from all your fears, how many fears have you got left? How many fears? No fear. You know, that word delivered actually means to snatch away. It means to rescue. It means to step in at a point where you're expecting everything to go bad and for you to be rescued, plucked out of that bad situation. And so David is saying here, he's in a bad place, right? Things are going down in his life. And he says, I sought the Lord, which is a good thing to do when you're in trouble, right? I sought the Lord and not only did he hear me, but he grabbed a hold of me and he rescued me from how many of his fears? From all of his fears. So let me ask you today, if God would step into your life like he did in David's life, And you would recognize this morning that as you draw near to Him, what does He promise to do? He promises to draw near to you, right? So if you would draw near to Him this morning, knowing that He will draw near to you, and if you were to seek God, recognizing that as you seek Him, He will hear you, He will move in power, and He would come and move in your life and deliver you from all of your fears. Let me ask you again. How many fears would you have left? As you walk out the door this morning, how many fears would you have left? You would have none, right? You you wouldn't have any phobias, right? If God delivered you of them all. You you would have no more anxiety, no more worry if God delivered you from all your fears. Everybody say after me, say no fear. fear. Say "No no fear here. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk this morning about being delivered from all our fears. A lot of people don't even believe that's possible. And my prayer is by the end of this meeting this morning, you will not only know that it's possible, but you'll have some keys and some tools that will help you, just like David, to be delivered from 
all your fears. That's why we're here this morning. Friend, if you were to get a revelation from the Word of God this morning, this has all the answers we need, right? If we were to get a revelation from here, if we were to act on it and be delivered from all of our fears, think about that. That would mean this week, not going to have any dread about anything coming up at work. We're not going to have any panic attack where we're breathing into a paper bag and we're hyperventilating. We're not going to have anything like that. We're not going to be lying awake at night worrying about this and concerned about that and staying awake and anxious. No, no. In fact, if we were delivered from all of our fears, man, think about that. We'd have no more anxiety. We'd have no more fears. We'd have no more phobias of any kind. If that was your reality, friend, you would be 100% fear-free. Think about that. You would be fearless. Well, I'm declaring today that in spite of what society will tell you, in spite of what the media will tell you, and in spite of what most people believe today, the truth is, according to this word, you can be free from all and every fear. You can be. You can be fearless. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I know that that is the truth because I'm living proof of that. And I want to share a little of my story with you today, but for years I denied that fear was even an issue for me. As Dave said earlier, he led some churches and planted churches and pastor, uh, you know, Mike's kids were in our church and man, we had some awesome times. We pray for Pastor Mike. He's not well this morning. We pray God's healing touch upon you, Mike, upon your voice. That's your tool. And we know the enemy always wants to go after our tool. Just stretch out your hands towards Mike this morning. Father God, we thank you for Mike. We thank you for the gift on his life and his teaching gifts to be a blessing, not just to the body here at Bridge, but more broadly than that, Father, we pray that your healing touch would fall powerfully on him this morning. That what the enemy meant for evil, just as we were singing before, would be turned around by you, God, and be used to bring glory to your name. We pray for manifestation of healing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You know, for many years, I denied that fear was even an issue for me. I mean, I was a pastor, and as Dave would tell you, pastors are supposed to have all the answers to all the problems in the world, right? I thought that I knew what this book said about fear, and I had become an expert in controlling my life to the point that I sort of eliminated any areas that might cause me to fear. Far as I was concerned, fear wasn't an issue for me. That was something that other people had struggles with. Now, if you asked Megan, she would have told you a different story. How many of you who are married would be able to say, guys, you'd be able to say, your wife will tell you how it really is, right? Well, that, that was the truth, right? Even though I'd done my best, Dave, to deny it and cover it up and make excuses for it, Megan could tell you about seasons in ministry, extended seasons, where I was taking antidepressant medication because I was getting so worked up about things that it was making me sick in my stomach for years at a time. She would tell you about the seasons where uh, we would travel and I would fly into another country and during the night when the enemy is so often wants to attack our minds, I would have what I called jet lag. She would say, man, you are having a panic attack. You're freaking out, right? Megan could tell you about the times where I should have acted on some things that 
weren't going right and things that needed attention in ministry, but how I avoided dealing with them because I had a fear of how people would respond. You know, the fear of people is one of the worst kind of fears that we can have, right? Afraid about what people might do or think or say about us. Have you noticed that most of us are not very good at identifying issues in our own lives, but, but we can point them out really clearly about the person sitting next to us, right? We've we got no problem saying, man, you need to listen to this message today. Or oh, this is a good word for you, right? We're experts in seeing that in other people, but not so good in identifying it for ourselves. And that's why, friend, this morning, we need to let this shine some light on us. Amen. We, we need to let this expose some of the darkness in us so that we can see how it really, really is. So I want to show you these words from Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. Now, remember, this is Old Testament, Old Covenant. This is before Jesus. But in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, it says this. It says, The heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. See, what he's saying is that in our natural state, most of us are experts at deceiving ourselves. In our natural state, we are very good at ignoring those little inconsistencies in our lives. How many of you know this morning that just because you're a new creation in Jesus doesn't mean that your mind is changed, unless you renew it to the Word, right? you still got the same old mind when you said yes to Jesus. you still got the same old body after you said yes to Jesus that you had before, right? So we still have all of those things. And unless we allow this Word to shine some light on ourselves, unless we allow this to renew our mind and change some things, the reality is, friend, even as a Christian, you can still continue to deceive yourself and to act in ways that will sabotage your faith and stop you from receiving all that God wants for you. You know, sometimes we're thinking, oh God, how come you're holding out on me in this area? And he's like, hey, I'm not holding out on you at all. My words, promises are true, but there are things in our lives that we aren't willing to shine some light on and deal with and that's stopping us from receiving. And that leads so many of us to go years and years and years operating in fear and unbelief. And so the Bible says here, the prophet Jeremiah says, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But look at verse 10. But I, God, now look at this. What does God do? I, God, I search the heart. And I examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. I get to the root of things. I treat them, I love this, as they really are, not as they pretend to be. Now, now, why am I showing you this this morning, friends? Because today we're talking about getting freedom from fear. But I know that when I introduce that subject, some of you are sitting there thinking, man, that's just going to be so good for that person down the end of the row and, and my partner and my friend. and my Because some of you have already decided, well, that's not an issue for me. I, I don't struggle in that area. I don't have a problem with that. And now you're starting to think about what's happening at work this week and these other things you've got to deal with. You're going to switch off if I don't arrest your attention right now and say, friend, if you are thinking like that, that this isn't an issue for you today, the truth is this. Either you've just got so much victory in this area that perhaps I could sit down, you could preach the sermon for us this morning, 
Or maybe you're deceiving yourselves just a little bit. And I say that respectfully, but I think it's very easy in this area for us to think of all these other people we know who struggle with fear and anxiety and worry and stress and think, well, I've got that all under control. Well, I think that it's important that we get honest from time to time, right? I know we're in church, but let's get honest today. Let's get honest with what the Word does to shine some light upon us this morning. Because if we don't, we'll never enjoy the freedom that Jesus won for us on the cross, right? We'll come into church and we'll sing about it and we'll declare it, but we won't actually live it. And I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. Now, Dave mentioned I recently written this book. It's called Fearless, Freedom from Fear in an Anxious World. And in this book, I reveal a whole bunch of things really about fear. I just read every book I could get my hands on in the Christian world about fear and worry and all those things. And I thought, all right, that's great. But there are some things that the Word of God says that sort of trump a lot of that and just, just come in strong. And I thought, how do I put all that together? So in that book, I talk about where does fear come from? We, we understand where, what's the root of all of our fears. How do we get to that place where we really do experience God's perfect peace? And how do we resist fear and anxiety when it comes during the week? How do we stop the worried thoughts? How do we get freedom, like I said, from the fear of people, which is massive today? I talk about the one good fear that you absolutely need to have. There's only one good fear that you need to have, and that's the fear of the Lord, right? And so we talk about that, and we talk about how do we have faith rather than fear in the future? You know, what's going to happen, and where's it all going? And whatever. I'm telling you, friend, this book is practical, it's biblical, and it's so faith-building that if I could get every Christian on the planet to read it, I would. But the problem is... A lot of people will go, yeah, that's great, but that's for somebody else. Because they're not willing to admit that maybe from time to time that is something that they struggle with. See, I want people free from fear, anxiety, worry, dread. But there are some things that we need to do. We, we can pray and that's great. But the Bible says that there are things that God will do and there are some things that we can do. And so many of us have been deceived into thinking, wow, I don't really have an issue with that. That's not a problem for me. That's not a big deal for me. Friend, today, let's just shine some light from the Word of God on just how sneaky and insidious and deadly this thing called fear actually is. I had no idea until I began to study this. Let me tell you a few things about fear today. Most people don't realize it. But at the root of so many of the things that we deal with day to day is actually fear. For many people, at the root of anger, most of the time is fear. That's what's causing the anger. Dread. When I'm, oh my goodness, I just can't face that person. That's fear. Worry, lying awake at night, thinking about stuff, meditating on the wrong things. Well, that's fear. Stress so often for people is the result of fear. Pastor Andrew, you mean stress? I thought stress was the result of hard work. Friend, there's nothing wrong with hard work. The Bible tells us that it's good to work hard. But the problem is that for many people, stress comes 
because they're working so hard out of a motivation which is fear-driven. I must be a success. I must provide. I mustn't fail. I must do it. And at the heart of it is fear. See, what most of us don't want to admit is that it's very easy in life to slip into this thing where our motivation for what we do is actually fear-driven. You say, well, isn't fear a good motivator? You know, I was in that place one time and I used my fear to motivate me to do something. A lot of people say that. Frank, can I tell you today, fear is a terrible motivator. It's a terrible motivator. When you use fear to motivate yourself to do something, what you're doing is you're normalizing fear in your life. You're accepting more and more and more of it. You did it that time, so now we do it the next time. It's a terrible motivator. I want you to see today that fear is an expert at wearing all kinds of different masks and its, its goal, its aim is to gain access into your life. That's what fear wants to do. It wants to get access to your life. And I'm going to show you that today. And I want to expose a few of the masks that Satan uses to get access through this thing called fear. Now, this is a big subject. Maybe Pastor Dave will have me back another time and we'll talk about it some more. But I'm just going to touch on a little bit. But if this will help you. See, there's a reason why so many people today won't get on a plane and travel to another place. It's because they're afraid. There's a reason why people today will avoid large crowds. They won't look people in the eye when they're sitting on the train. That's called fear. Without even realising it, many, many people today are actually being controlled moment by moment by fear. A fear of saying the wrong thing. A fear of coming up short. A fear of a dangerous animal. You know, when we travel internationally, just about every person we meet go, wow, I want to visit Australia. Americans say this. Don't, don't tell them that I said this, but we'll cut this out of the recording, right? But if we meet an American, they're like, oh, Australia, we'd love to go there. But don't you have a lot of dangerous animals? Now, what is that? That's fear, right? I'm not going to get on a plane and visit that beautiful place because I'm afraid. A fear of disappointing a family member. A fear of failing in your studies. A fear that something might happen to the kids. That's a fear, right? There are so many new fears that are being identified that the social scientists can't even keep up. Every year there are more and more and more. A fear of being hurt in a car accident. A fear of getting sick. A fear of staying single the rest of my life. A fear of a terrorist attack. A fear that the stock market will crash. A fear of rejection. A fear of a home invasion. A fear of running out of finance. A fear of losing my job. A fear of losing a loved one. A fear of dying. See, there's a reason, friends, why people don't honour God with their finances. There's a reason why we hold on tight to what we've got and we don't want to give and we struggle with that whole area. There's a reason why people lie awake at night and make themselves sick worrying about the bills. And that is because of a little thing called fear. We think that if we give, we're getting rid of something and now we're poorer because of it. Not understanding that God is our source. Right, that he wants that to flow through us. And as we give, the Bible says more will be given, right? But that's fear. There's also a reason why so many gifted, talented, wonderful people of God 
shrink back. They won't step into all that God's calling them to. That they, they disconnect. That they, they refuse to take a step. And they fail to do what God is calling them to do. And that is called fear. That's fear, pure and simple. But friends, I want to show you today why we've got to get honest with ourselves about this and expose these fears and learn how to eradicate them from our lives. It is because... In the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 7, it says this. Have a look at it with me. 2 Timothy, chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, For God has not given us. Can you see that? It's very clear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Friend, according to the Word of God, listen to me carefully, fear is not natural. Fear is not something that God created in the very beginning, not something that God wanted you to have. If He created it, He would want you to have it, but He did not. This thing, the Bible tells us over and over again, comes from the enemy. It is not something that God wants you to have. Listen to me. Fear does not come from God. That means that if you're in a situation where you're operating in fear... God is not the author of that thing. See, in exactly the same way that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, listen to me carefully, fear also comes by hearing, but by hearing and believing the lies of the enemy. That's how fear comes. Fear comes when we believe the lies of the enemy. Anything that is contrary to the Word of God, We start to get afraid. What if God doesn't move? What if He doesn't heal me? What if this doesn't happen? What if He promises that, but that's not my experience? See, that's fear. That's the enemy coming in, trying to get us to believe anything that is contrary to this. That's what fear is. That's how it comes to us. And that's why it's so deadly. Fear contaminates our faith. Fear gives the devil an entrance point to operate in our lives. Now, now I go into detail about that in the book, but very, very simply, listen to me. As a believer, the only way really that the enemy can gain access to your life is by you and I yielding to fear. Now, please understand there's a difference between having feelings of fear and yielding to fear. And you need to understand that because you can feel afraid but refuse to yield to fear. And that's a key, key thing you need to know. I talk about that as well. But please understand today, friend, there's no such thing as a good fear. There's no such thing as just a little bit of fear being good for you. No, no, no. That's like saying a little bit of murder. Well, that's that's not too bad. You know, I I, I struggle with that. Just a little bit of murder, just a little bit of fornication, a little bit of idolatry. That's not too bad. No, 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 no. All fear is from the enemy. All fear is designed to mess with your life. So you've got to be on your guard because the Bible says the devil right now is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now he may not devour everyone. Those who understand their rights in Jesus, he may not. But if you give him an entrance, if you give him an opening in your life, that is why, friend, until Jesus comes again, you and I are just going to be bombarded daily by fearful messages, 
by fearful situations designed to try and get us to be afraid and a society out there that believes that fear is normal, that that it's just expected. Have you noticed how many fear-inducing messages are out there today? You just turn on any broadcast, it's just fear, fear and more fear. But we shouldn't be surprised by that, friend. We shouldn't be surprised because in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, look at what God says. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Friend, I don't know when the last of the last days are, but I can tell you this. You and I right now are living in the latest days that there's ever been, right? So, you know, we're living in the latest days. And look at this. So does God say here that in the last days, Get ready because everything's going to get safer and safer and safer. Is that what he says? No. no, no, he doesn't say that. What does he say we can expect? Perilous times, dangerous times. Truth is, this world is a dangerous place. Have you noticed? It's a dangerous place. Even though we've got amazing technology to be able to do incredible things, according to the Word of God, no amount of innovation is going to lead to a perfectly safe and free planet anytime soon. That's what the Bible says. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is that the Word says Jesus is coming again. We believe He's coming again soon, right? He's coming again. He's going to fix this mess. The enemy will be banished, the Word says, and then everywhere's going to be safe. Amen? And I'm looking forward to that day. But friend, for now, God says, know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. Okay, so should we just be resigned to that fact? Should we just accept that fear and anxiety, they're just going to have an ever-increasing influence over us until then? Well, if you listen to what the media says, absolutely. Just put up with it because it's a dangerous world we live in. You know, 20 years ago, it was out of the ordinary for someone to be on medication for anxiety and fear. But today, you almost be in the minority if you're not taking something. You know, today, one in eight Australians are taking pills to help them deal with fear. Today, 40 million Americans have been diagnosed with anxiety disorder. You know, in the last 10 years, children being diagnosed with anxiety has increased 17%. But let me say again, you and I, friend, are not supposed to live that way. We're not supposed to live that way. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're not supposed to be fearful and anxious and worried. That's not just my opinion. That's what the Word of God says. That's what the Word says. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, Know this, in the last days, yep, perilous times will come. And for the rest of that chapter, Paul goes on to describe all of the ungodly things that are going to happen towards the end. But then in the next chapter, chapter 4, verse 5, he says this, But as for you, Christian, be calm and cool and steady. The world's going to be freaking out, but you, Christian, be cool and calm and steady. Now think about that. Our God, knowing where we would be living right now today, knowing the state of our world right now, knowing that we'd be living in a world surrounded by fear, He says this, He says, listen, don't be surprised. Dangerous times are coming, but you, you be calm. You be cool. 
you be steady. How did Jesus say it? He said in Matthew 24, verse 6, and you will hear, yeah, you'll hear about wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not troubled. See that you're not alarmed. See that you're not afraid. See that you're not panicking. In John 14, 1, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. And then in verse 27, to make sure we got it, he said, neither let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The Amplified says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Don't permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettling. Friend, I'm here to tell you, the Bible is clear that fear is not from God, that yielding to fear grants access to the enemy who just wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything in our lives. And we are to reject fear of every, every kind. And yet, as I said before, millions of Christians don't even believe that it's possible to live a fear-free life. I know because I was one of them. I, I just denied it. I... I I don't know, I, I saw it there in my Bible, but I just got so accustomed to it. You know how you get so accustomed to something, you don't even recognize it anymore? You know, I, I, we live not far from a, a group of shops where they have those nail technicians. I, I don't know what they're called, where they paint nails, right? You know, you know girls, you know what I'm talking about, the, the nail place, right? And I can be within 500 meters of that thing, Dave, and I can smell the nail polish remover. And I'm like, oh my goodness, how do they work there? But they're all happily scrubbing and buffing and doing what they do in there, right? They don't notice it at all. Why? Because they've gotten used to it. They've gotten accustomed to it. That's what can happen to us if we're not careful reading this. We see something and we just let it wash over us. Do you know the most often repeated command in all the Bible? It's not love your enemies. And it's not don't murder and don't lie and don't steal. The most often repeated command in here is don't be afraid. Do not fear. God says that 103 times. Uh, more than 600 times we're warned not to be afraid. In fact, the statement that Jesus made more than any other was don't be afraid. There's a reason for that, friend. There's a reason why God wants us to get that because He understands that when we tolerate fear, it contaminates our faith. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down and remember it. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I want you to understand today, whenever we invite fear into our lives, it comes in and it short circuits all the good things God wants to do and it stops us from moving forward and all that He has for our future. That's why every time God called someone to a task, He prefaced it by saying, but don't be afraid, fear not, for I will be with you. I'm telling you, fear is deadly. Shouldn't have any part in our lives. But like so many people, as I said, I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. And so for years, I tried to sort of squash it down and manage it, minimize it. But about four years ago, as Dave said, 
God called us to hand our church over to some ministry friends and step out with no regular income and trust God completely for our supply. And all of a sudden, I found myself in daily situations where I was out of my depth and uh, I was out of my comfort zone and I was being hit daily by what could potentially be fear-inducing situations. I remember flying to Asia to minister for eight days at a conference of about 4,000 people. And on the flight over there, I'm watching a movie and the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and I stopped the movie and I wrote down quickly what he said and the sense that I had was that he said, son, you need to learn what my word says about overcoming fear because my church is awash with it and you're gonna help them to get free. So, so I just quickly wrote it down and hey, all, all praise to him. But at the time, friend, I'm like, what? Fear? I don't know. Like, it's not something I struggle with. So I went back to the movie. Well, two nights later, I'm lying in a bed on the eve of that preaching engagement. And friend, I can tell you, I was hit by a spiritual attack that was so sustained I experienced wave after wave. Megan was in another room, another area, another bed. We were sleeping in separate beds that, that night and it was just wave after wave after wave of a terror like I had never experienced before. By 3 a.m., I, I didn't sleep the whole night. It just kept coming and coming. By 3 a.m., I was lying in that bed shaking uncontrollably. My heart was just pounding out of my chest and nothing that I knew to do from all those years of pastoring, nothing that I knew to do in that moment was helping. Now I'm coming to be the guest minister for eight days preaching on faith. And here I am in bed, shaking like a leaf. I'm freaking out for no discernible reason and no idea how to stop it. Friend, I tell you, it got so bad. It got so intense that I got to the place where I prayed the most faithless prayer that I've ever prayed in my life. I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but I was lying there. I just didn't know what else to do. I just wanted this thing to stop. And so in that moment, I prayed that God would kill me, that he would give me a massive heart attack or something so that the fear would stop because I knew that if I died, Mike, that would be the end of it. I could just die and then go to heaven and Megan would miss me, but we'd be reunited, right? And I'd be in a better place. So that was my prayer. The faith guy, right? I'm praying God would kill me. Now, I've learned a few things since then. Praise God. How many of you know? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, right? So you've got to be careful what you say. What I didn't realise back there was that when you yield to fear, you might as well say, come on in, Mr. Devil. You come and do your best with me. I didn't understand that. Now, thankfully, praise to God, I didn't have a heart attack, right? God in His grace didn't answer my faithless prayer. And, and eventually by 6am, the sun came up and my fears began to subside. And uh, I preached at that conference. But I tell you what, I came home and I cancelled every preaching appointment for six months. I spent every day of almost that whole time in the Word of God, studying what it said about fear and anxiety and worry and the schemes of the enemy and how we have the right and the authority in Christ to defeat him. I began to get into what the truth was in this 
this, this book and then I took the truths that were in this book and I put them in this book. It's really simple. And band, you can come. You can come because I've done for this morning. But I discovered some things as I studied the Word of God, friends. I discovered that fear is actually perverted faith. Fear is nothing more than perverted faith. Fear is when you put more faith in the enemy and his ability to harm you than you put faith and trust in God and his ability to protect you and to care for you. That's why you're worrying about that situation because you trust that your worries, your fears will be more able to do something then God has promised to take care of you. That's what fear is. It's perverted faith. I discovered, friends, that fear is magnetic. Did you know that? That's a biblical principle, that what we fear the most is drawn into our lives. I didn't know that. You know how people say, oh man, that was the very thing that I was frightened would happen and you wouldn't believe it. It happened. Well, that's a biblical principle. Job said, the very thing that I feared has come upon me. I discovered that as I studied the Word of God. I discovered that you can't cast down negative, fearful thoughts with positive, faith-filled thoughts. I didn't know that. I learned the only way that you can cast down and renew your mind, the only way you can cast down fearful thoughts is by faith-filled words. But I didn't know that. I discovered that. And I discovered Friend, what I'm convinced is one of the greatest truths that you and I can learn after we become a Christian. It's something that I'm convinced the devil has done his best to keep from the church for so, so long. And it is this, once you encounter the love of Jesus, once you say yes to Him and invite Him into your life, the Holy Spirit comes to take up residence on the inside. Once you say yes to God, you never again, have to yield to feelings of fear. Remember I said before, you can experience feelings, but there's a difference between having the feelings and yielding to the fear. See, when we yield, we say, that's it, I give up. And that's what I did lying in that bed in Asia. It went on and on and on. But because I didn't know how to deal with it, eventually I just was like, all right, and I surrendered to it. Friend, that is the most deadly thing you can do. I didn't know that. But I'm here to tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, you have within you the power to speak to that fear, to command it to go in Jesus' Name. That thing must obey you because fear is a spirit. And because of Jesus and His victory, you have authority over that. You have authority over that spirit. And in just a moment, we're gonna speak to that because maybe that's been something you've been wrestling with. Maybe it's something that you've been struggling with and and you just don't know how to be free. Friend, listen, you can command that thing this morning to leave and it must obey you. It, It must, it must get out of this place, leave on its heels and you're going to walk out of this place this morning free. You have the power in you because greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. You have the power in you today to stop the fear, to cast it from your life and to live in freedom. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to put down your things. Come on, everybody in this room. Let's just deal with this thing this morning. Now I understand that it's a process and it's understanding. Stand to your feet. And I understand that there's lots more we could say about it today. 
I can write the book. And God in His Word can give you all kinds of promises about being free from it. But the truth is, neither He nor I can zap you this morning into being free from all your fear. Only you can do that. Only you can receive the truth of God's Word into your life by faith. Only you can choose to believe it this morning, believe in its power, receive it, act on it, and you walk out of here free. He can't do that for you. He's given you His Word. He's given you His promise. But you've got to believe it, receive it and act on it. And so that's what we're going to do in this moment. If you're a believer, listen to me. You are clothed, the Bible says, with an enormous amount of power. All you have to do is access it, apply it. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to speak to some things today and we're going to command them to move. I'm going to lead you. And all you need to do today is come with a believing heart. You say, all right, I'm going to just be done with this thing today. I'm sick of the worry. I'm sick of the dread. I'm sick of the fear. I'm sick of the anxiety. I'm telling you, friend, this moment, you can be free. This day, you can walk out of here free. There is power in your words this morning to drive that spirit from your life. So I'm going to ask every person, close your eyes. Don't worry about the person on your left and on your right. We're going to make some declarations here today with a heart full of faith. And we're going to believe that as we speak, things are about to be moved. So I want you in the loudest voice you can muster, repeat after me. Say, today I stand in my authority as a child of God. I come against the kingdom of darkness and I spoil every scheme that Satan had planned for me. I am equipped with spiritual armour. I'm empowered by the Spirit of God and I am never caught off guard. Fear, get out of my life. Worry, stress, be gone. Anxiety, you can go as well. For I believe that I'm a child of God, alive with Christ, more than a conqueror through Him who loved me. I'm delivered from the powers of darkness, redeemed from the curse, submitted to God, and the devil flees from me. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Because Jesus set me free, I am free indeed. Oh, come on, give Him a praise in here. Give Him a praise. Give Him your best praise. Come on. Why don't we just declare it this morning? Can we go back? Thank you for joining us for this message today. It is an incredible privilege to share with you the Word of God and we trust that you've been blessed by listening. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we want to extend an invitation to you to begin the faith journey of following Jesus. The Bible teaches us every one of us have been created for relationship with God. Sin has separated every one of us from that relationship, but God has provided a solution in giving us His Son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. You have an opportunity today to respond with a confession of faith 
and a decision to believe in Jesus. Today, we invite you to make a deliberate decision to invite Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Saviour. Romans 10.10 says that with our hearts we believe and are justified, and with our mouths we confess and we are saved. So right now, if you have faith in your heart and you're ready to make that decision, you can simply pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you that you love me so much that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. Thank you that through his death and resurrection, I am forgiven of my sin to start a brand new life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me and to fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. Today, I choose you as my Lord and Saviour and I thank you that I am now born again as a child of God. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we would love to know and we would love to help you in any way that we can. You can contact us on our Bridge Church website, bridgechurch.com, and we'd love to hear from you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you have been challenged and encouraged. 